Well, we're in our um, second week of prayer. Um, as in the 80s, there was a hit, uh, MC Hammer, we got to pray just to make it today. And that is so true in those words. I won't do his dance, but uh, <laughs> I once did do that. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, it's so important that we understand the power of prayer. Now, if I was to ask you this morning, would you like a better prayer, uh, uh, be able to pray better, what would your reply be? Yeah, I think we all do because we all need that encouragement to pray because I find we can have spurts of prayer when we're in need or things are going wrong and we're on our knees. And then when everything's going good, uh, we back off a little bit. It's like, you know, it's the human nature, up and down, up and down. But God wants you always to be engaged. He always wants you to be praying because it's a relationship you're developing with Him. As you speak to Him every day, you get a download from Him. This is what he wants. You have an opposition, the devil, who wants you to believe that prayer is eh, not worth the time. It's not worth it. But I'm telling you, everything is worth it if you come before him, believe in the power of prayer. This church was birthed in prayer. I remember the the formation of this church. We've got Millie here from day one. And um, I think it was about, was it 94, 95, somewhere around there? Yeah, 94. 94, they met in a small group in, a, I think, a house first up before I joined, and uh, just praying and believing for the church that God had planted within the heart of the pastor at that time. And uh, I joined in at uh, 1995, I think, um, and uh, just amazing. It was a time Sharon and I were seeking in prayer where God wanted us. We felt a call out of the church we were in, and we said, where do you want us to go? And we had no idea. So, you know, when you have no idea, you've got to rely on God. So we started praying, God, you just lead us, lead us. I said, we believe in the local kind of church. We said, God, so we're going to just go to a few places and you tell us when to stop. You tell us when we arrive. So we went to this first church. Very interesting. It was good and nice people, but just didn't feel, just didn't feel that thing. And, uh, and we went to another one, another one, and so forth, and nothing. And then we'd heard about this church that started up... Uh, the initial name was called Eagle Rise Christian Church at, uh, out of Greenwood. And we heard about it and we knew people there, but we thought, no, that'd be an obvious choice. We wanted this to be a God thing. We didn't want it just because we know people. So we put it on the last of our list, you know, like, no, oh, that's the last one. We got to try all this. But we just could not sort of settle on anything before this one. And we thought, okay, look, it's the last one on the list. Let's go check it out. And uh, we go, okay. And no, we'd only heard rumors they were meeting in our house, and we didn't know where it was. We didn't know where they were or who to contact to find out. And so we're just praying about it anyway. And uh, after the church I was going to at the time, we were on our way home, and I just felt God say, just go into Mitre 10. And Mitre 10 used to be at Golden Grove. And so just go into Mitre 10. And I felt, why am I going to Mitre 10? Oh, I love Mitre 10 anyway. I'll go anyway. I don't need a reason. Uh, being a boy, I just like, yeah tools and things and electric things. And anyway, so uh, I, I just, all right, so pull up. As we pulled up in the car park, there's those sausage sizzles going on. And this sausage sizzle that day, and that day only, was Eagle Rice Christian Centre Church. And I go, oh, there they are. <laughs> so I went over to them and uh, got a sausage and, uh, and had a chat and said, where are you meeting? And they had just started meeting in a um, community hall in Greenwith. And uh, I go, I had no idea. So it was just like a God meeting. And so we said, we're coming next week. So we, we walked in the building and a uh, uh, small group of people. And uh, we go, this is quite 
I feel something good here. By the end of the service, I just felt God saying, this is your new home. And I go, oh, I wonder if Sharon thinks the same. So I said, Sharon, what do you think about it? She goes, what do you think? I said, no, no, you go first. You know how you get that kind of thing. You go first. And I said, well, I just felt God say it's home. And she goes, well, that's exactly what I felt. So uh, 1995, we walked in and made it our home. And uh, that was through prayer. And all along that time, we've seen, as we engage in prayer, we see the miracles in the hand of God move. Everything you're looking around right now is an answer to prayer. People find it in the world sometimes funny when they go, oh, wow, you know, the government must have helped you a lot with this building and things. Well, government hasn't given us one cent towards this building, right? It's the people. It's God's hand upon this place. It's because we were willing to pray and believe and have confidence that God will come through in those times of need. 1 John 5, 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask according to His will, He hears us. So when we pray according to his will. See, this is where some people get it wrong and they go, God never answers my prayer. Well, first of all, I've got to ask you, do you pray according to his will? Or is it according to your will? I want this, I want that, I want a new Ferrari. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's that whole deal. He says we have confidence towards him if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. It doesn't say your will, he hears you. Even though he does give you the desires of your heart, it says in another scripture. See, God knows what motivates us in our prayer. And if it's a, a prayer that pleases Him, if it's one that is in regards to Him, according to His will. Because the opposite is when people don't receive it, it's because it's the wrong motive. James 4.3 says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may spend it upon your lusts. Prayer is important. It should be the first thing we do. You know, how many times I see people in a crisis situation and they're just freaking out. And I said, well, let's, let's go to God. Let's see what God will do here. Oh, what a good idea. You know, it's like we sometimes panic and we fall back on ourselves to see what we can do. Well, let me tell you, we're very limited, but God is not limited. So who would you rather go to, God or yourself? <laughs> and I think as we reach out to God, we will see the answers. And God's like up in heaven saying, here I am. Just bring it to me. Bring it to me. Come on. And we're going, no, 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 God, I got this. I can do this. And we realize at the end that we can't and we turn to him. And that's the position he wants us this morning is that we come before him with that confidence, knowing that he is able to do all things. You see, prayer is an action of faith. You know, if you're coming to prayer, praying and just doubting like, God, you know, I really need this, but I don't really think it's going to happen. If that's in your heart, well, you're not going to get anything. That's not the sort of prayers that God impresses God. Nothing impresses God but faith. Hebrews 11 tells us that. It's impossible to please God, but by faith. So you need to come with an open heart in prayer, believing that it's going to happen. If it's according to His will, if it's according to His will, you have every right. In fact, you need to find a scripture that supports your need right now. If you need healing... Go to the Scripture. Go to the Scriptures and find uh, Scriptures on healing. And say, God, your Word says this. We will lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Well, use that Scripture. So when you, you say, God, I need healing right now. Your Word says, your Word says, we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. By His stripes we're healed. All these things. And you quote God's Word. And that impresses Him because you are acting in faith. You are now speaking the Word of God. You are speaking words of power. 
You're not speaking random words out of nowhere, but you're actually speaking His Word. Because let me tell you, God is not only our Father, but He is a judge in heaven. Quite often in the Scriptures, you'll pick up the word judge. God judges. God is a judge. And we see certain pictures of that throughout the Scripture. When you go to court before the judge, you make your case known. Now, if it lines up with the law in the court, it will have favour. But if it doesn't, it gets chucked out. And that's like when we come to God with His Word, which is all truth, God listens because it's His Word. And He will judge favourably because you're using His Word. So you need to actually come to a place of confidence in Him, saying, I know it will happen. But the problem is we sometimes will go there like day one. I know God's going to do this. I'm excited. Day two, nothing's happened. I'm still excited. Number three, day three, I'm excited. Number four, I'm sure, hopefully he'll come through. Number five, I don't know. Where are you, God? Help me. You know, oh God, you're not there. I'll just have to do it myself. And, you know, we just, we lack in faith. And God's going, hey, what's the rush? I've got this. I've got this. All right. I've got this. Faith means there is no time limit on it. If you have faith in God, that God is able to, you don't put a time limit on it. So many people want the drive-through service. You know, it's like going to McDonald's and you know, saying, I'll have this, thanks God, you know, and uh, I'll pick it up at the window. But it doesn't work like that. God is doing something. God sometimes has to test you through this time to see if it is real faith or it's just all show. When you pray and you believe, you'll hang on to that. I've known people pray for people for eight years before they see them come to Christ. They would not let go. They would not let go because faith told them that it was going to happen in their prayer. But the people that actually give up, never see the answers, and then they get disappointed with the whole deal of prayer. And when they get disappointed with prayer, they stop praying. They stop praying. But you've got to keep praying because you'll see breakthrough. Power of God moves through when we declare words of faith, when we start praying and believing that God will. Only believe, Jesus said, and you should see greater things. It's a belief problem we have. It's a belief. And belief is not just a word you throw around lightly. In the Scriptures, it means that you know without a doubt. When you say, I believe in God, it's like you're declaring, I know God is there without a doubt. I don't even doubt it at all. But the problem is, in our world, believe is like we believe under conditions. When If it happens or if it doesn't, uh, we, we kind of believe today or believe. That's all wishy-washy stuff. God wants you solid. God wants you in faith to go, I believe, full stop. You said it. I believe it. I'm, I'm claiming it. Amen. Amen. Matthew 21, 22 says, And all things, whatever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. You shall receive. You know, if only you could understand and we could see with spiritual eyes the effect of prayer when we pray, what's actually happened in the spiritual realm. I was reminded as I was preparing this sermon last night of Betty Maltz's story. Has anyone ever heard Betty Maltz's story? No? Oh, that's good. I can tell the story again. <laughs> My wife always goes, oh, you've told that story before. <laughs> and I always say, well, there's always new people that haven't heard it. She's heard about 100 times, but never mind. Okay, Betty Maltz, um, you can look it up on YouTube if you want to see a full story. It's great because it will actually show you, uh, give you a glimpse, glimpse of your prayers. But her story was that she was rushed to hospital with a, 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 her appendix had erupted. It was gangrenous. When they cut her open, she had gangrene about the size of a man's head. It was ugly and it, it was not looking good. They said she probably will die. 
Anyway, in that time, they kept feeding more blood into her and there was a shortage of blood and they said she's going to die because we haven't got enough blood. There was a whole lot of things that were going wrong. But she believed. She was a, uh, a believer. She had other believers come in, take her hand when she fell into a coma, actually, for 44 days. She was in a coma. And uh, some people are kind of, you know, you get those people that come in, you poor dear, you poor dear. Well, there's people coming in with confidence, with faith, going, God is going to raise you again. You're going to be healed. You know, there was one particular nurse that grabbed her hand and said, God is going to heal you. There is power in the words. When you go seeing someone in hospital, speak words of faith, not words of death. How many times do you go, oh, you poor dear. Well, it's nice knowing you. Uh, you know, <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> it's like they, they got some hope because they see you. You know, you go to a hospital ward and, and, and they're, not, they're feeling fearful because they've got a, a, a contagious thing going on. And, and they see you, they feel some sort of hope. And when you go, oh, well, hopefully I'll see you again. <laughs> It just deflates them. Back to the story. <laughs> so Betty Maltz was in a coma for 44 days. Many people came and visited her, and um, one particular guy came and sat by her side. And this is where the importance of praying a scripture. He sat beside her, and I'm just going to take it from, to give more context, I'll start Psalm 107, verse 19. But he gave her 107, 20. Psalm 107 verse 19 says, Then they cry to Jehovah in their distress, and he saves them out of their troubles. And this is the verse he said to her. He took her hand, he says, Psalm 107 20, he said, He sent his word and he heals them and delivers them from their pitfalls. She said, Even though she was in a coma, she could hear everything that was going on. Note to self, if someone is in a coma, remember they can hear everything you say. She said she was hearing people arguing and uh, things that, because they thought she couldn't hear. You, they can hear everything. But on one word, it gave her a hope inside. Even though she was in a coma, she heard, he sent his word and heals them and delivers them from their pitfalls. She heard this one word and that gave her some sort of hope. And shortly after, she, she actually fell into a, a deeper situation where she actually felt she died and gone to heaven. And in, when she was in heaven, she was taken to this big throne room where the power of God was. There was light coming through the place. There was, there was just beams of light. It was incredible. And as I stood there and I looked around, I saw these beams coming, beams, shafts of light coming from earth to heaven and inquiring about what those things were. It was, it was the prayers of the saints. As people were praying, there was a light shaft going up to heaven to the throne room. There was light. When you pray, there is power. There's, it's not going nowhere. It's going somewhere. It's going to the throne room of God. And she said she saw these lights, shafts of lights coming up as people were praying for her. And of course, at the end, the great news was she was totally healed. And she has an incredible uh, testimony if you uh, look that up. But we need this morning to understand that we need to position ourselves right for that prayer. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14, there's a great verse uh, this is um, Solomon here uh, in the passage of 2 Chronicles. Solomon has just finished building the temple and uh, after 20 years, he dedicates it to the God. And after he has finished praying, God appears to Solomon and gives him direction on how to continue in favour with him. There needs to be a conditioning in us, uh, an understanding that we need to come before God in a certain way. And if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to have a look at 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, 
If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let me just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. For your word is all truth. And God, as we look to that, we live out of that, we will see our hearts and minds change and transform into the way you'd want us to be. Father, this morning, we come before you with confidence in your word. And we pray that God, you'll speak to each one of us out of this word this morning, that that we'd leave this place this morning more empowered and understand the power of prayer in Jesus' mighty name. If my people, you know, this scripture shows us what to do and what God requires of us. If we want to see the power of God released in our lives, it requires something of us. We are God's agents in this world with direct access to Him, able to change things through prayer. We can change things through prayer. You've got to understand that and believe that this morning. Your words hold power because Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. You are made in the likeness and image of God, so there's something in you that is like God. When God spoke in Genesis, everything was made. The spoken word created things. As you speak in your prayers, it creates things under God. So we need to understand this morning, firstly, that our prayers are powerful. You know, this, this, uh, this verse talks about Lots of things, but we've got to understand that firstly, it's all dependent on you. The end of 2 Chronicles 7.14 starts with if, if, it doesn't say when, which is different to when Jesus comes on the scene, he says when you pray, here it's saying if you pray. So there's a condition here, it's conditional, if my people, if is a, a pivotal word, it's a condition on whether it will or it won't happen. If my people do, it will. If my people don't, it won't. You've got to understand when you pray, it changes something. The atmosphere changes. Something is impacting when we speak those words. So you have to make a decision if you're going to or not. You know, like when we come in a prayer meetings, you know, sometimes we've had some... You know, tired, uh, late nights, tired mornings, you know, you feel tired in the morning and you, you just got to do it. You've got to train yourself to say, I'm going to be at every prayer meeting. I don't care if I feel like it. It's not about my feelings. It's about what will change when I come into that meeting. And I'm telling you, I've never, I've never ever left a prayer meeting feeling bad. I've, I felt uplifted. I felt encouraged. I felt empowered. May not have felt like that when I came to the meeting, but I certainly felt like it afterwards. And that's what you've got to understand. That's what God wants you in the prayer means. That's why God wants you to speak out His words because it creates power, hope, everything. If you're depressed, you need to start praying. You need to get in the presence of God and He will change that situation. I'm telling you, there's something in prayer that does something to it. It's not just words, random words thrown out there. I can, I can throw a lot of random words out there, but, yeah, but I'm saying when it's in prayer, it's a different thing because you're engaged in the presence of God. Your words are hitting the throne room of God and they do not return void. It's all powerful. If my people who are called by name. Then it says, will humble themselves. Now who likes to be humbled? <laughs> oh, I can't hear anybody. It's gone quiet. Um, humbling yourself is admitting that you, know, you can't do it by yourself. 
you know, there's, there, you know, it, it's, that's, that's kind of, my, my wife always digs at me when we go to Bunnings or something. And she says, look, can we go now? And I said, no, no, I haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, why don't you ask? <laughs> I said, oh, no, no, I know where it is. I'll find it. It's just a matter of moment. No, no, go ask. So, oh, no, I haven't got time to ask them. They, they probably won't know where it is anyway. <laughs> but there's that kind of sense in us that we feel we can do it ourselves. You know, it's, it's like from when we were a child, I'll do it myself. I want to do it, you know. And, and we, we have, I don't think we've kind of grown out of that sort of sometimes. We sort of still sit in that position. But if only we'll humble ourselves and realize that we can't do everything. We cannot do everything. And we won't be able to do everything. We need people. We need God. We need God to fill that gap where we can't do. God does the impossible. We can only do the possible. And that's why I say to people, you do what you can and God will do the rest. You know, so that doesn't mean you... In your prayer time, you know, God requires you, you're part of the partnership in prayer. It's not all God or all you. It's both you working together. You proclaim, speaking to God and God replying. It's the two working together. And as we do that, we will see the hand of God move. You know, the opposite of uh, humble is proud. Oh, I've met some proud people before. <laughs> Some people go to their grave fighting rather than admit they're wrong. Yeah, you have met those people? They, oh, no, I'm not wrong, you know, just, you just, you know. Uh, well, show me. I love, I love doing this. Well, show me. Show me. Show me your proof then if this is the thing. Oh, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I know it's right. Oh, you know it's right by what? What means, you know? It's, it's just people will just argue for the sake of arguing because they don't want to be wrong. But when we come to God, we've got to go, hey, God, we don't know. God, I'm, I'm praying to you because I need an answer. I'm praying to you because I don't know. I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I need your discernment on something. Because prayer is not just a request. Sometimes we, we think prayer is just like, we only go to God when we need Him. That's, that's how some people view prayer. Like, I don't pray until I need something. Yeah, and then we come to God with, like, it's Christmas time, like with a shopping list of what I want from Santa. And it's, it's not like that at all. Can you imagine being God and your creation only comes to you when they want things? Isn't it so good as a parent when your kids just want to hang out with you regardless of wanting something from you all the time? Yeah, that's the same with our Heavenly Father. He wants to spend time with you. So you can come to Him in all sorts of situations. Humble yourself just like there's things where I don't always have an answer. People will come, Pastor Ian, can you do this? Pastor Ian, what do I do here? And I go... I don't know, <laughs> but let me inquire of God. It says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him inquire of God. Let him ask of God, and he will give that. And, and I do. So I, I'll go away, and I'll pray, and I'll just sense God's putting some words in together, and I'll come back to the person and say, hey, this is what I think. This is, this is, this is what I, you know. And, and look, I'm telling you, God knows what's happening before we know what's happening. God knows all, and he's there all the time to uh, be available for us in those circumstances. I've had many occasions where uh, situations I had no understanding of, I've just gone to God and said, what do I do here? What, what should I, what? I had a situation years ago in a workplace, I used to be a motor mechanic and, uh, and I was really struggling with the boss, he was always taken off and uh, don't know where he used to go, but I was just 2IC, so I was always running the show and things like this and I was getting very disgruntled with him and how this business is working and 
and uh, my, my boss uh, finally sort of came to me one time and he said, hey, look, because uh, I actually approached him, I just felt he was not doing things right. As I became a Christian in this time, I said to him, look, I want to talk to you. And he said, what about? And I said, about paying tax. And he goes, what do you mean about paying tax? You pay tax? I said, yeah, but I don't think I've been paying the right amount. And he goes, oh, yeah, I don't put everything through the books. And I said, well, that's wrong. And he said, oh, why? And I said, because it is. I said, we're all called to pay tax. He goes, well, if you want me to you know, get you to pay tax on everything, uh, I'll do that. But he just laughed at me. He said, but you'll lose out. And I said, no, I won't, because God already spoken to me about that. In a prayer time, God spoke to me about being honest in all that I do. That very morning, in fact. So I went to him and I said all this and he just laughed at me. And when I came out of that meeting, another colleague of mine came over and said, what was that about? Because everyone wants to know when you're talking to boss and you're, what's going on? And I said, and this is what I said. I looked up and out of my mouth came this. I said, because of his dishonesty in this business, this, ba- this uh, company will be bankrupt in one year. I thought, Did I just say that? <laughs> He didn't even ask that question. I just said that. And he looked at me and goes, what? And I said, oh, what did I say? You know. Anyway, we just shelved it, thought nothing more of it. One year later to that day, he was bankrupt. And I'm telling you, because God showed me and spoke to me about that whole deal. Because he thought he had everything. He thought he could do everything. And he had that pride and never humble himself to do anything in the right manner. But we can do, too be like that when we don't humble ourselves before God. I say, right, God, I'll do it my way. You know, well, we know the song, I did it my way. <laughs> I won't break into a song that I almost did. Almost did. <laughs> but what I'm saying, we have this heart to do that. It's always about my way, my way or the highway. My way is the right way. Uh, you know, why don't we just stop and say, hey, what does God think on this? Am I actually thinking right here? Even go get some counsel from a leader, uh, you know, go say, hey, look, i am just got some issues here. I've had many people say, look, what can, what can I do here? I had one young girl uh, years ago said to me, she had this business uh, deal and um, she said, it looks attractive, it looks like it's making money and, uh, and, and I think it could be good, and, and, uh, but I don't feel, I just don't know if I feel right about it. I just don't know, I don't know what to say and whatever. And I said, let me just pray on it. And we prayed about it and I said, look, I don't understand the ins and outs of it, but I just don't feel peace about this. I don't think it's a good decision. And later on, she went to a boss and said, no, I'm not taking the business. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. And she came to me and says, you know, that's the best thing, advice I could have. I felt peace as soon as I said those words. It's like sometimes you know it's inside you, but you just need somebody to help you bring that out and confirm it. Because when you say the wrong thing, you know it. You go, oh, it doesn't feel right. Because God has placed something in you. You know in your Noah. <laughs> Not Noah as in Noah's Ark. You know in here. And um, God reveals all things. So we've got to learn to humble ourselves and come humbly before the throne of God. Say, God, I don't know. I need help. There's no disgrace in needing help. You can always ask God for help. He loves it. I love it when people ask me for help. You know, I love to be able to help people. You know, whatever. Go, yeah, sure. Here, do this, do that. Yeah. it gives you a sense of satisfaction that you're able to help somebody, you know. And God's like that. He loves his children. So he's not going to go, oh, what do you want now? God doesn't answer like that. He goes, yes, yes, what would you like? Tell me. Let me help you. But some of us seem like as an ogre, like I guess depend on what you're like at school. Uh, 
If you're like me at school, uh, <laughs> I, I spent most of my time in the headmaster's office. <laughs> that was my classroom. Uh, so you have a, an image of authority with being like uh, the headmaster and all that. And some people have that of God. When they come to the prayers, they don't, oh, you know, I don't know, if I come before me, he knows all I've done wrong and things, oh, I don't feel worthy, I don't think I can pray. Well, you start off with asking God to forgive you. You know, that's the number one thing you need to learn is in prayer, always asking God to forgive you of your sin because we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. We all make mistakes. We need to do that. But I'm telling you, as soon as you come before God and say, God, I'm sorry for those things that you know about, and um, it suddenly wipes the slate, and then you feel, because you know God does forgive. And when God has forgiven, then you come with confidence before him again and go, he's going to listen to me. Because in our own mind, when we're carrying sin and we're carrying things like that, we just feel God's not going to listen. Well, yeah, he does shut his ears to certain things. But the thing is, you need to have that confidence and boldness. Don't be too proud. Surrender to him. Humble yourself before him. And then it says, um, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Pray and seek my face. See, prayer is not just like I said coming before God with a big list of things that you want. It's about seeking Him. It's about the relationship. Prayer really is about the relationship, relying on God as your provider, your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He is all things to us. He is our healer. He is our salvation. He is our rock. He is our banner. He is all things to all people. And uh, we need to understand that when we come to prayer, it's not just going right. You know, some people struggle with prayer. They go, Okay, God, I, I've got to pray. Here's my first thing. Um, oh, I need more money in my job. I, I, got, I, I need a new car. I need a new house. Thank you. Amen. And, and, and that's their prayer. And, and, and even listening to people that don't understand about prayer, they will say, I can't pray any longer than five minutes. Oh, such a struggle, five minutes, you know. But that's where you start with five minutes. But as you develop a relationship with God, you'll start to speak more and more and you'll start to understand the, the dialogue that goes between you. It's like when you get married, you don't just spend five minutes talking to your husband or wife, you know, and that's it. Like, I've run out of words to say, sorry. <laughs> My wife sometimes thinks that of me. She goes, how come you can speak sometimes, and other times you don't speak at all? I said, well, I'm thinking, what to say next? <laughs> um, but when we pray, we need to be seeking God. It's like I'm... My first position in prayer is looking to God. It's not looking for things to be met straight away. And Jesus does a great job in that when the disciples ask him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And we know the Lord's Prayer, our Father art in heaven. And when you start breaking that whole prayer down, it wasn't a, just to be uh, you know, recited each time. It was actually a template for how, what your prayer should look like. And at some stage, I might go through that in, in this series. But um, basically, Jesus was answering the disciples about prayer and what you should include. And I'm telling you, when you use that sort of template, you'll find it easy to pray for an hour or more. Because there are a lot of prayer needs. When you start submitting everything to God, it's because we only submit one thing and we only think about our own little needs at that time. We don't think about others. What about others? Hey, I reckon each one of you knows somebody that, that needs Jesus that you could be praying for, believing for, seeing a breakthrough for, each one of us. And he would go, oh, I forgot to pray for him. You know, and, and I'm looking at ways at the moment how we could do this because we need to start working together on praying for people. 
uh, on what I used to call like a hit list. In, um, of a good type. <laughs> and a guy called Winky Prackney years ago used to do this in the high school where he was at. He would have a little, a little group of Christians that would used to meet during the lunchtime uh, period. And he would say, okay, let's pray. Let's see who God will bring to mind that we can reach out to. And they'd have to just pray and pray and pray. And um, he said, there's one time we just felt this guy, there was this big guy, and he used to wear military sort of outfit. He was a bit of a strange guy um, that nobody really wanted to hang around. He was like, ooh, this guy's dangerous. And, and they just saw his picture in their prayer time. They said, you know, nah, that can't be right. That's got to be the devil, you know. That can't be God. We wouldn't reach out to him. He's crazy. Uh, but they kept feeling that. So they started praying. They prayed, 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 several days, several weeks. And then they said, right, now's the time. We're going to go up there and pro- approach him. And uh, they did. They invite him to the meeting. He gets saved and everything gets changed. And he had such an influence because of his demeanor, how, how he looked and how he held himself. People didn't want to mess with him. So if he came up and said, hey, I want you to come to my meeting, <laughs> they'd turn up <laughs> because they were scared of him. And, uh, but when we start targeting in prayer, we'll start seeing the results of that. And that's why we want, as a church, to start targeting things. You know, we have a prayer box out there. We love to pray for your needs. We love, if you've, if you've got somebody, let's join in together. There's power when we come together in prayer. You know, there's a difference between turning a tap on one little drop than turn on the full hose. There's power when we come together and we pray. But we must seek his face. Spend time with him, get to know him, get to know his voice. Get to know when it's God speaking. It's being thankful. You know, quite often we, we forget that one thing, being thankful. You know, I learned this years ago, just starting off, thank you, God, thank you. Before I even ask for anything, I just thanking him for who he is, what he's done. And God has ear to that. God listens to those sort of things. You know, the word seek you know, it says to seek my face. The word seek in the Hebrew means to strive after. It requires effort. It, you just don't, it just doesn't happen. It requires for you, some, for you to get out of bed, do something, or wherever your prayer time is. I love what the youth did, you know, with Pastor Ash, you know, getting the, the youth up, what's time, 6.30 or something in the morning? And Sorry? Oh, six. He's even worse than what I thought. That's right. <laughs> six o'clock in the morning and all the youth are getting woken up or whatever, setting their alarms and they're having a prayer meeting. And, uh, and I thought, wow, this is good. This is, this is called discipleship 101. See, people don't like, they go discipleship. Oh, yeah, I'm a disciple and disciple. But do you, mean, do you understand discipleship means a, there's disciplines in your life that need to be part of that discipleship program? And one of them is prayer. And look, if you struggle with prayer, you need to come to the prayer meetings. Just watch how people do it. I learned so much. I remember going to a pastor one time and said, I don't know how to pray. I said, it's all right, it's fine, I'll show you. Uh, so I stood there, go, well, show me then. And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to start praying. I'm going to walk up the room and start praying. Just listen to what I'm saying and just follow. Felt a bit funny. We were in his office and he's walking up and down. And he says, Father, we just praise you right now. And I'm, I'm, in the, I'm behind like a shadow. Father, I just praise you right now. Yeah, God, today we want to declare your goodness. God, we declare your goodness. You know, I'm, I'm like this. I'm just right behind him and just follow him up and down. But then suddenly I start to feel something. You know, as I'm starting to do this, it started to get, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like I felt like pushing the pastor apart. Let me leave. So. <laughs> 
But it, but it has to start somewhere, and it starts with just learning off somebody else. You know, I remember in the youth group years ago, a young boy goes, can you teach me how to pray? I don't really know. Do you do this when you pray? And I said, you can do that if you like. And, and, and I just brought, broke it down to him in simple terms. Even if you have to write things out, the things you pray for, get a list of things you need to pray for because we do forget. We do forget things. I forget things all the time. I have to have a list. I forgot something this morning, didn't I, Sonia? <laughs> so if you're looking for a nice bun in the cafe tomorrow, you have to come back next week. Sorry, I forgot them. <laughs> I left them at home, sorry. <laughs> because I didn't have a list. <laughs> but it's like that with prayer. We need a list of what we're praying for because if you want to see things achieve, be achieved and build confidence in prayer, you need to do that. Years ago, uh, before Sharon and I were uh, going out with just friends, we, uh, we had a group of youth that we used to meet every morning at church at like, I think about seven, seven, not six, seven. Uh, we slept in a bit later. And um, we would pray together and then we'd have breakfast and we'd go off to wherever we'd go to work or whatever. And in this time, the leader of that group, he had a little book and he, we used to start off the session going, okay, what are our prayer requests today? And we'd write them in and date them. And we'd have a whole book by the end of the year where there was like prayer requests galore. But what we did as we went through, when anything was prayed about and uh, answered, we'd tick it off. Like, correct. We got to the end of the year and uh, this leader said, well, you want to know how we've been going with our prayers this year? I go, yeah, sure, because we, we didn't know how we're going. So he opens up his book and he goes, have a look at this. Tick, 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 tick. He said, there's only a few things that are not ticked in this book, and that could yet happen. And, you know, that gave us such confidence that we were not just getting up early in the morning, going down there, doing something that was meaningless, but it was actually making changes. Yeah. We're seeing lives transform. We're seeing people come to Jesus. We're seeing people that are unemployed have work. All these things were coming to pass because we believed. We believed, and that's the important part, you believe. As Smith Wigglesworth always says, he's not moved, he was moved by what he sees, but what he believes. So it starts with a belief system, not by, oh, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. No, when you believe it, you'll see it. It's very important to get that the right way around. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your iniquities have come between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, from hearing. You know, when we come in prayer, we need to ask God for forgiveness because our sin creates a war between us and God. It says here, um, Your iniquities have come between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, from hearing. So God doesn't hear. If you've got active sin in your life and you're aware about it and you're coming to God and one of these things and you haven't dealt with this, well, God's not going to hear you. you know, so if you're struggling right now, you're going to go, God, is there something I need forgiveness for? Sometimes we're not even aware we may have done something. And you can ask God, say, God, is, is this something in my life that's not right that I need to repent of? And uh, God will bring it to you. And, and sometimes you won't like it. You know, I've known people suddenly go, you, I, I, I've had things where, uh, just stupid things. Um, but I've had to go to that person and just say, look, I'm just feeling God saying, I, 
I've got to go to you and, and uh, you know, ask for forgiveness because of what I said or what I did or whatever. It's usually what I said. Not <laughs> it's always just things you say when you're just joking around. Um, but some people get offended. And, uh, but we need to go to God so there is, and say, God, forgive me, so that wall is not there. Because otherwise, your prayers, and some of your prayers sometimes feel like that. It's just like you're praying against a brick wall. Nothing's happening. That's because there is a wall there because there's some things that you need to break down. You need forgiveness for. You need to go to God for that there is no wall between you and Him. And when that wall is gone, it's an open, open uh, throne room before Him. You come with boldness and confidence because you know there's nothing to worry about. You've asked forgiveness for everything. It sets you free. You know, iniquity can be described as the essence of wrongdoing or evil. You cannot hide your sins from God. Sin separates us from God. Sin will hinder your prayers. God will not hear you. Ask for forgiveness. It's that simple. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears open to their prayers, but the Lord's face is against those who do evil. So the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. So if you're righteous, you, as in you're right standing with God, and you're not... Uh, in a position of uh, being actively sinning, and his, prayer, your, his ears are open to your prayers. If you follow God's word, then you will reap benefits, all right? Because the second part of this passage says, if you would do all this, so God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. If you would do all those things, then the benefits of and the promises is that then I will hear from heaven and will forgive your sin and will heal your land. That's what it says, or their land in this, this passage. So God will hear from heaven and forgive your sins. How many know God is in the, big, uh, in the business of forgiving? God is, will forgive you, no matter what you do. God will forgive you. Don't ever think it's too bad. I can't go to God with this. He will never forgive me for this. That's the devil talking. He's a liar. Go to God and say, God, I, I, I humble myself for you. I ask you to forgive me. We all need forgiveness. We all stumbled for. And God will bring the healing. God will heal our land. You know, I think the prayer this morning was talking about this. Our land needs healing. Australia, the world needs healing right now. And this is the answer. If people will humble themselves, seek his, his face and... Um, pray they will see the answers this is the only answer to the world's problems right now and I want to say that there is an answer coming and God is about to move upon this world because people are praying people around the world are assembling assembling and praying and crying out to God for this world right now and we're going to see God move because he will hear the, the prayers of the righteous amen and that's the only thing that's going to change us. And already the prophetic voices are saying such things as that God is about to flip everything. Everything that you've seen that the enemy has meant for evil, God's going to turn around for good. God's going to move upon this land. You're going to see some interesting things happen very shortly. You're going to see some changes. You're going to hear things in the news where you thought it was all doom and gloom. God's going to flip things. And you're going to be surprised because God's going to show you who He is. People are going to come back to God and go, oh my goodness, there is a God. This, this couldn't have happened without Him. We've got to be ready for those days because it's happening and it's, it's already starting to happen and it will happen. But today, the most important question is, how is your life before Jesus? 
You know, I've known people that pray. I mean, I was taught to pray as a child, but I didn't know Jesus. I of him, but I didn't know him. There's a difference. We all know um, Albanese is our prime minister, but we know him, but he doesn't know us. We don't really know him either. And that's the difference. So it doesn't cut it just to say, I know, I know Jesus. Well, the devil knows Jesus too. We need to have a relationship with him. And it's important this morning as we come to this close that you actually understand that, that Jesus is your saviour. Everything changes when you invite him into your life. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. So with every head bowed, eye closed this morning, the most important decision you can ever make this morning, and this is my prayer for you, that you'd know Jesus, that you'd know him and what he had done for you on the cross, that he brought down that wall that separated you from God. That wall was called sin. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And this morning you can have that eternal life if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God rose Jesus from the dead. There is no other way. You can try everything you like and many people have tried, but there's no other way to get to the Father but through the Son and His name is Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus this morning, now is the time, now is the opportunity. It's just one prayer away, confessing your sin. I'd lead you through a prayer on that. But I, first of all, I want to know, is that you? If you're feeling that pull, that tug from the heart this morning, that is God speaking to you to make a decision. If you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour or come back to Him, perhaps you once were with Him and you fell away, I want to give you that opportunity right now where everyone's heads bowed, eyes closed, just raise your hand wherever you are and I will see that and acknowledge that and pray for you. We want to see God transform lives in this place. We want to see the power of God move in your life. Power of prayer in your life. Where you proclaim things and you'll see them happen. If that's you this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're saying yes to Him by raising your hand. Jesus. The other thing I want to pray this morning, see that hand, amen. The other thing I want to pray this morning is for our prayer life. We need to be passionate. I love the passion of Millie this morning as she's praying in this prayer meeting, stirring us up. We need to stir ourselves up the times uh, that we're living in. We need to be stirred up. We need to be the Christians that we've been called to, the men and women of God, power, full of power. You need to walk with confidence. When you walk down the street, you're walking with power, knowing you're carrying the presence of God within you, for greater is He that is in you than He is in the world, that nothing can overcome that. You need to be praying, believing for your family. You need to be praying for your friends. You need to be praying for all situations that come upon you every day of the year. And this morning, if you have been struggling, but you felt like this morning God is speaking to you, that you need to change and tr be transformed in your prayer life. I wanna pray for you this morning. And then I'm gonna pray for also for the salvation. But if that's you in this place this morning and you go, hey, I need that turbo boost in my prayer life. You know, I have let it sort of drop off a bit, but I'm believing that God, you'll inspire me to rise again. 
I want to pray for you right now. Just raise your hand and put it back down again just so I can see you. I'm praying for someone. Amen, amen, amen. See those hands. Thank you. Amen. Okay, let me just pray firstly. Father, I just pray this morning for everyone that's raised their hand in this place that God, this will be a turning point for them. For the devil tries to pull us back. The devil tries to distract us, keep us too busy to spend time with you. But today, God, I believe by the raising of those hands, there's a declaration going on saying, I want God more than anything. I want to spend time with God more than anything else. God, I pray this morning for everyone that raised their hands that God, you're helping to make that decision, to make adjustments in their world, to put you first, not the TV, not social media, but go to you in everything. I pray, oh God, the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them in those times, in that time that they will hear your small voice saying, I want to speak to you. I want to spend time with you. Father, I pray this morning that you'll touch everybody that's raised their hands in this place. But God, mostly this morning, we want to pray the prayer of salvation. For the gentleman that raised his hand, we're all going to join in together this morning, a prayer of salvation, asking God to forgive us of our sins. So just follow me in this prayer this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask You to forgive me. I believe You died on the cross to pay for my sin. And that You rose again from the dead. I receive You now as Lord and Saviour and invite you to come into my life. I thank you now. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you are a new, you are born again believer. You are new in Christ. You are a new creation. You will be spending eternity with God if you continue to live that out. God is good. God loves you. He wants the best for you. So be encouraged. We do have a prayer meeting coming up on Wednesday, so we'd love to see you there. But let me just close off in prayer as we finish with this song. Heavenly Father, I just thank You today, God, for everybody here. God, let us be encouraged by Your Word. Let us be transformed by Your Word. Let us be the people You've called us to be, to pray with powerful prayers, knowing we can change the world. We can see lives transformed in prayer. We can see healing. We can see provision. We can see all these things. Father, we thank You and we give You the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen.